You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. He calls if he has autism, like maybe he shouldn't be in this environment. I was snapping, like. She is not interested in meeting with the opposition and she is hiding from the issue. It's so important that people are critical of what they see online and check people's credentials. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. There is confirmation. If confirmation was ever needed, that diehard is a Christmas film. They're putting it on down at the posh cinema in the Triscoll Arts Centre where they know their arty stuff. Like, this ain't just no ordinary cinema. They put on proper artistry of cinema and film at the Triscoll. There it is. There it is. Up in the Christmas movies. Die Hard. Sure, we're telling you for years. Great. Good morning. Friday, 16th of December, 0818 96 96 96. The number to call, text to WhatsApp is 083 396 96 96. And your email is opinion at 96fm.ie. Traffic lights are on the blink in Ballancolig Village. Possibly means Ballancolig is moving more freely than it generally moves. But it also could be dangerous. So mind yourself there if you are out and about this morning. I want to hear from you today with one week to Christmas. or the, Well, this day next week, we're finishing up for the Christmas. But we have a couple of those super value vouchers to give away. We've got a run of them right up to, to Christmas. And they're 50 quid's worth. They'll take the dint out of some of the Christmas shopping. And we're talking a lot about kindness today and we've had a lot of talk of kindness over the last couple of weeks and, and you know, the, the, the decency and the niceness of, of Cork people. Sure, we know all about it. Uh, and through this programme, we want to reflect it as best we can. So we do it today. So what is the kindest thing that anybody did for you this year? 
and you need to be able to tell me about it. Now you can start by sending us a text at WhatsApp at 083 396 But you're, you're, you're winning the voucher for them. We have a couple of them during the morning. We're winning the voucher for them. All right, so you'd like to give someone 50 euros worth of Christmas shopping in super value. What's the kindest thing anybody did for you in 2022? It could be something as simple as the person who came out while you were trying to change a tyre or something and gave you a hand, something like that. The kindest thing anybody did for you during 2022. And we're going to, we want you to come on and tell me about it. All right, so kind of, you're gonna, if you're going to message me and it's a good story, be prepared to tell me on the radio. At 83 396 So text that in. Text the WhatsApp in what the kindest thing anybody did for you this year. Who they were, what they did, and be prepared to tell me the story. And we'll have a couple of those vouchers to give out. Now, you heard it there in the news and they're doing it all morning that the English market is in full swing. And with a week to go, a week and a bit to go, they are rammed down there. Everybody's busy, everybody's flying. It's 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 great. The English market is just such a special, special place. So for her festive Fridays, Moiraid went to the English market to talk about food, toys, and whatever else is popular this Christmas. People have been flocking to Cork's English market as they prepare for Christmas dinner. I paid a visit to the iconic spot in the heart of the city to chat to some traders. Here's Tim Mulcahy of the Chicken Inn. I had four occasions this week where I was actually able to tell people their name. Um, and they were absolutely agog at it. They couldn't, couldn't believe it. Um, and it's great. It's, it's what the market is all about. It's all about that interaction. You know, our counters are conversation pieces, and we just we just love the interaction with the with the with the people. Sometimes, again, going back to that twenty second and the twenty fourth, uh, it gets a bit mad, and you can't always uh, stop and have a chat about the weather or something like that. But like, you know, come the new year, we'll have plenty of time to be talking about the weather again. When the dinnerware has been cleared away, focus switches to the leftovers. There's always the the cut per slice pan and. Uh, the North Cork butter, um, that's a great way of getting rid of any leftover turkey um, and a bit of stuffing thrown on top of that and the cranberry juice. Um, a lot of the cafes around town have some spectacular turkey and ham sandwiches on offer at the moment and they're just incredible. Um, so I would say, very simple, a couple of sandwiches, a couple of festive sandwiches, as I said, with a cranberry juice, something like that. You could go down the road of heating it with a bit of gravy, a bit of mashed potato, um, but a veg, that's always nice, a nice option as well. Tom Durkin of Tom Durkin Meats says they're kept busy. Trade is fairly good at the moment. Um, spiced beef has been flying out for the past three or four weeks. The turkeys and hams, the hams are beginning to go now. Turkeys won't go to the last minute. But there's plenty of spiced beef selling, which is the main thing. I think everyone goes with the spiced beef and what it is. It's, it's cold and people tend to have it in the fridge and just keep picking at it over the Christmas uh, most people cook it actually before Christmas. It's a growing thing rather than a dying thing. Spice beef at the moment is getting busier and more people are using it every year than before. So 
It's all, all positive looking. The countdown is on to the festivities and bigger groups are gathering for dinner this year. Oh, we're back to people having large groups and houses again. And you see it in the size of joints that are ordered. It's not just a joint for two or four people. It's a joint for four, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen people. People are back to entertaining again. Thank God. From spiced beef to spiced buffalo, here's Ono Mahoney of O'Mahony's Butchers. Well, it's a twist on traditional cork spiced beef. So we've been using uh, macroon buffalo for the last ten years or so and we started making spiced buffalo. We only have small amounts of it, so it usually kind of sells out fairly quickly. And uh, what kind of feedback you get on it? Oh, it's incredible. People think it's, they swear by it, and they think it's much better than spiced beef, but of course they're going to say that. A visit to the market at this time of the year is very much a tradition for many. People love coming to the market as part of their, their Christmas tradition, so they come in and they look at the lights and they look at the traders, and they might pick something up while they're here then as well. The amount of people that come in and say, my, ma- my nan used to shop here, is incredible at this time of the year. So it's a, it's a really kind of a traditional thing. For those who are on cooking duty this year, Cork TV chef Jack O'Keefe has this advice. Be prepared. An angry chef or an angry cook is an unorganised chef and unorganised cook. So the best way to do it is the days leading up to Christmas Day, write yourself a prep list and tick it off as you go. Get all as much as you can do done. Make sure the butter's out, that it's soft. Get all your chopped onions done. Any bits of chopping and prep that you can do Get it done that way, on the day, nice and organised, everyone will be calm. Cork is buzzing with shoppers buying Christmas gifts. Wine Stansfeld of Pinocchio's Toy Shop says train sets and jewellery boxes are really popular this year. Most of our customers have been customers for probably the last 30 years or more. I mean, we get our second generation now, so even for me, I'm getting my second generation. So the kids who were coming in when, I first, when we first bought the shop in 1991 are now parents and their parents are now grandparents so we're so we get continuous stories about people who've had old again with the with the train stuff actually I had another grandfather in yesterday who was buying train stuff to add to his train stuff for his grandson. Earlier this week, Taoiseach Michal Martin confirmed Santa has been granted access to Irish airspace. Well, I wish to confirm uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt uh, that Santa uh, will uh, be facilitated in terms of access to Irish airspace uh, and our intelligence is that Santa will arrive duly on time for the children of our nation. Uh, they may rest assured of that. Um, we may not guarantee a lot of other things, but we guarantee that uh, most definitively. Love that. And Michal, doesn't he sound so serious in the doll? Like, it's a very serious thing. But doesn't he sound so serious and gravitas and diplomatic? Santa's been... Gas. Thanks to my red for that. The man of the English market, that's good. Isn't that so cork-like? Sandwiches. There's a G in it. Have a sandwich. It's great. But remember what we're doing today now for Friday. We'll All the usual things are there, but... Uh, if you have someone who was particularly kind to you, did something really lovely for you this year, we would like to uh, sort them out with something for Christmas. We have a couple of those vouchers to give away. Uh, sad night, a uh, very hopeful night, too, down in Killa. Uh, yesterday, or last night rather, when they, they had a vigil uh, service for Trooper Shane Carney. Many of his friends and neighbours and soldiers came and the, the church was packed down there. Of course, they prayed for the repose of the soul of Private Sean Rooney, who was killed in that incident the other night in in Lebanon. But they prayed for Shane. The word on him, we're told, is he had more surgery last night or overnight, and he's been moved now to the UN hospital, that his condition 
is better than it was. He's still critical, still very critical, but better than it was. And will more than likely make it at this stage, which is great news. Uh, they were very, very, very worried about him uh, this time yesterday uh, when news of the tragedy had broken. They were really worried about him that he mightn't make it. But it looks like he's in better shape, uh, very critically ill still. But the whole of East Cork, the whole of Cork, and the whole of Ireland hoping for a full recovery for young private Shane Carney and of course thinking of that other misfortunate lad Sean Rooney, there's a picture of it, it's on the front of the Echo but it's been all over the papers since yesterday and the social media, there he is standing looking like a fine young soldier in front of one of the Unifil Unifil uh, armoured cars out in Lebanon is there in his uniform and his regalia and there's a picture as well also on the front page of the papers of of young Shane, and we're thinking of everyone connected to both those families, and yes, everyone connected to the entire uh, defence forces family at this very very difficult times. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. PJ, did you hear how phone shops won't sell prepay phones anymore now? Only bill pay phones. I have not heard that. I have no confirmation of that, as it were. But it's certainly a new one on me. So you you can't actually buy a so-called burner anymore now. You have to buy a bill phone and just go on a bill phone. Joe, we were out last night. The uh, Heineken Ireland did their annual uh, night for the media and a couple of us were there for an hour. And we were talking about how wonderful it is to be back to some kind of normal this Christmas because the last two well, Christmas 2020 was a write-off and Christmas 2021 was damn near a write-off and now we can get back and get out and get shopping and get socialising and have a party and whatever and the English market is hopping just hopping Margot the Roti Foodie, Foodie joins me bouncing down there and it's great to see Margot morning it is magical at the English market it is buzzing good good to see Good to those people in and out checking the stock and checking what it, what you, what do you have what do you have for example this year? Well, I suppose what we have now. Look, we have to say first, it's a pure Cork tradition to go to the English market for the Christmas dinner. Of course, it is the turkey, the ham, and the gorgeous spiced beef. And in our stall, we've all the trimmings. Sit sit back, enjoy the festive season, and let us do the work. We sell all local Irish produce produced by small family businesses around Cork City and Ireland. So come here, we've everything you want. Amazing food gifts are absolutely fabulous on your own kitchen table. And I have to tell you this now, if you have our Christmas pudding with the lashings of whiskey in it and loads and loads of whiskey in it, it comes with a warning. Do not drive the car after. Don't be driving home after the Christmas tree. Oh, and I have to mention the pure cork brandy butter. Of course And loads of cream. Of course you do. Yeah. All right. And the the puddings are, are they, you have them and you have everything else? We've everything. And we have to give our cranberry sauce a mention with the port. Again, don't drive the car after that. And that's fabulous the next day. You're putting port? Hang on, hang on. You're putting port in the cranberry sauce? Of course. It's Christmas. And we've another one with brandy in it. You cannot have the turkey without having that. And the next day, it's fabulous for the turkey and stuffing sandwiches. And come here, we have to mention our pure cork tapas boxes. Everything in it is the local cheeses, mm. um, the spiced beef, 
yeah. gorgeous chutney and lovely biscuits and whatever else you want. The Fantastic. food gifts are just fabulous you'll, in the English market. You'll have to give out flyers for Tabor Lodge as well, though, if you're putting all that alcohol into the product. Well, I'm telling you now, it's Christmas time. And you know what? As I say, we all need an old pep in our step, especially at Christmas time. But you look, we're letting you know. Yeah. It's oozing with quality. Good, isn't it great, Margot? That for the you know Christmas twenty twenty was a write off. Twenty twenty one, we were just about hanging in there. We're back to normal, isn't it, great? Well, we're back to normal, but I have to say now, the English market was thriving over lockdown. Not that we want you know lockdown or anything. Yeah. Because the people decided, I suppose, really what really matters is we must know where our food is coming from. Yeah. And that's what the English market is all about. And come here, you won't get a shopping experience anywhere in the world what you get in the English market. Each and every trader is a master of their own craft. Come here, boy, I'd nearly take it home for you and cook it for you and tell you what to do. <laughs> but we have amazing food gifts. And as I say, they're all so fabulous in your own table. So come here now to the people of Cork. Come down here if you can support the English market because everything we do is magic. Marvellous. Mar- Margot, I'll be in myself over the next week or so to, to have a wander around the market. But there is everything in there from your poultry, from your beef, from your best of fruit and veg to chocolate, you name it, to cheese. It's in there in the English market. And uh, Margot does a great trade down at the Roti Foodie. Thank you very much for that. And we'll see you over the next week or so. The biggest thing, we got a, a note during the week uh, dear PJ the two boys in my life one seven the other 37 <coughs> want to get drones for Christmas himself wants to fly a drone to take cool pictures of things he sees all these drone videos of Cork by night and overflights of the new roads and stuff and he wants to do something like that as a hobby the smaller boy just has an idea that drones are fun and has no real idea what he'll do with it does anybody know what Santa might bring as a good starter drone for a kid? What kind of things will Santa be looking out for so I can show off how clever he was to think of him? Also, for an adult who wants to start out in drone photography, should you start cheap to learn the basics or is that a false economy? I haven't a clue, says Laura, about these things. So can anybody help? Richard Coleman is a drone photographer, been doing it for a couple of years now. Morning, Richard. Good morning, PJ. How are you keeping? Good. So we've two small boys, one seven and one thirty-seven, who both want to get into drones for Christmas. Where would we start? Where might Santa start? For well, the, the thirty-seven is a bit of a big boy, isn't he? Anyway, <laughs> cut a long story short. Um, what I'd say to you is right. I suppose the DJI Mini Three. Okay, there's an option here because the DJI Mini Three they'll get for about eight hundred and fifty quid. Or they'll get it with a built-in, I suppose, screen for about thousand fifty. Right. Now the beauty about the DJI Mini Three is right; it's under two hundred fifty grams, so they don't have to register it. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of regulation around drones. Yes, I know. You've, seen, you've obviously seen it recently yeah. on Twitter and stuff like that. There's a lot of regulations. Like we're very regulated ourselves, even. Even though we operate in the Pacific category, we're commercial operators. Mm. We are still very regulated. Yeah. Yeah, no, that seems so, to be, like the, the 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 weight is the thing. So if you're buying a drone, is. whether it's a semi-professional or a professional or a very very basic one like the toy ones in Smiths or you know yes. mid-range, check the weight of it because yes. if it goes over two hundred and fifty grams, you have to almost get a license for it. Do you? Well, I suppose, okay, so I suppose if you're looking at a drone less two hundred and fifty grams, in all disrespect, they're classed as a toy. 
Yeah. Even though they're very good cameras, very good sensors, they're absolutely amazing drones, they're great drones. However, any drone over KG has to be registered. Right. You have to go online then on the IEA. You have to do a small course. It takes about 15 minutes. Now, that, that basically just gives them the right, I suppose, to operate, I suppose, at recreational and stuff like that. Right. Right. So they can go into a field, they can operate the drone, they can enjoy it, but it's the weight is the issue. So what I'd say to anybody is, go for the drone under 250 grams. There's a choice there. You have the DJI Mini 3, mm. or you have the DJI Mini 2. Right. The Mavic Mini 2. The Mavic Mini 2 is 242 grams. Again, a very good drone. And anybody that's kind of, I suppose, on a bit of a budget or whatever, they'll pick up the Mini 2 for about 600 euro. Right, right. And they, they don't, you, you don't have to, you, you work them off your phone, do you? Or have they got a control Correct, panel? correct. Right. Okay, so, okay, so well, that, that's what I was getting at with the Mini 3, right? You have two options with the Mini 3. If you're going with the Mini 3, for the 850 euro with the controller, you can put your phone onto it, you can operate away. Look, it's a bit of a pain because if the battery goes in the phone and stuff like that, it's dangerous, it's a bit of a pain and stuff like that. So for the sake, if you have the budget, for the sake of a couple of hundred quid, for about 1,050, you can get the controller with the built-in screen. I so see. that takes all that away. That pain is gone. I see. The toy ones, Richard, obviously a lot of people hmm. would go for those. I mean, you know, the ones that are, you know, they're, 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 they're for amateurs, for, for beginners. Correct, yeah. Where, where would you recommend? Is there, is there a low-cost one that you'd recommend? For the yeah. toy one, is it? Yes. Uh, there is, yeah. The DJI Mini 2 is the one I'd recommend. I guess it's so. 600 euro. It's 242 grams. No registration or anything like that. You can go and enjoy yourself. Go and buy it out of the box. Go and enjoy yourself. Yes. Have fun with it. Now, there are a couple of things here, and I suppose people need to be aware of this. Even though it's classed as a toy drone, mm. you can't fly around national monuments, hospitals, prisons, anything like that. I see. You yeah. still have to stay 5k away from the airport. That's another thing. The rules and regulations. It's yes. not as simple, is it, as just taking it out of the box and flying it up no, in the air? No, So what I'd recommend to anybody, even though it is classed as a toy drone and they're getting it under 250 grams, I'd recommend, I'll, prop, I'll send you on the link later, I'd recommend to go onto the IEA site, familiarise yourself. Mm. Watch the video. It's about 10, 15 minutes. Watch the video, familiarise yourself because the regulation out there is very, very strict and it will be very strict in uh, 2023. Yeah, like where in Cork, for argument's sake, Richard, can you not go? They get the drone, Santa leaves a drone under the Christmas tree and you want to take the child out to play with the new drone, where can you not go? Off the top of your head. Oh, yeah, it's off my head. Fitzgerald's Park. So we'll take Fitzgerald's Park. Yeah. So we're going into Fitzgerald's Park, a couple of kids, they're after getting a drone. No, that's a, that's a no-no. That's not happening. Really? Any monuments. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Why? Because it's protected by the Office of Public Works and they're very, very strict. You will not be allowed to fly there. You can actually be prosecuted. Really? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and, uh, and one would think, is another one. Oh, really? And one would think that to go somewhere like Fitzgerald's Park, to hmm. up over the river, and you'd get lovely shots, but you're not allowed. You're not allowed, no. no. Right, okay. okay. Yeah. So that's something to keep in mind, you know. Park yeah, so I suppose hospitals, obviously, that's common sense. Prisons, again, that's common sense. Mm. I suppose people, there's a lot of stuff at the moment, a lot of regulation around, I suppose we call them, involved and uninvolved people. So I suppose the uninvolved people are the people walking along the street. You mm. can't be flying over them and stuff like that. Right. Then the involved people, it's up to a maximum of maybe 10 people, kind of 10, 12 people. So you can't fly over a crowd. I see. 
I see. So there's all these regulations, and so people need to be very familiar around that kind of stuff, you know? I see. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, now there's another drone there, which is absolutely lovely, if somebody has a field. Right. It's the DJI Avata 2. It's 162 grams, right? Mm. Now, the problem with that, you're wearing a headset. So you don't have what they call visual line of sight, so you can't see the drone in operation. Right. So you have a headset on, that's a no-no. You do not bring that into, you know, that has to be operated in a field. That is a no-no. That has to be operated in a field. But if you have the, if you have the, I suppose, the novelty, if you're in a farm or you have the novelty of operating in a field, mm. it's absolutely amazing. There's some great fun with it. I've seen it in operation. Yes. There's great fun with it. Yes. So you need to be careful. You can't just randomly go over someone's... Correct. Right, Correct. Even though, like, I'd be operating a Pacific category. I was doing some work recently in Ballycurrine, which is quite close to the airport. I still had to put in my authorization to air traffic control I to see. get permission to operate there. I see. I see. And in terms, in yes, terms and of Santa, to, yeah, in, in terms of Santa, yeah. and 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 the, the seven, the seven-year-old. Hmm. I mean, are there any really kind of low-budget ones? You know, did you pick yeah, up? Yeah, well, absolutely, there is. Yeah, yeah. So what I'd be saying, I'd be saying the six hundred euro drone, the DJI Mini Two, Avic Mini Two, it's two hundred and forty-two grams. It's six hundred euro. Okay, that's kind of where you'd be. You'd be. You'd be. You'd that's be where starting. I'd be going for a seven-year-old. Absolutely, absolutely. And a seven-year-old can fly that because again, any drone that's over two hundred and forty-nine grams, you have to be sixteen years old to fly it. Ah. I see. Yes. There's yeah. an awful yeah. So that's why I'm kind of pushed. That's why I'm saying. Yes, yeah, that's why I'm saying. Yeah. What about what? What about safety, Richard? Are they yes. safe? Safe. Um, I mean, there are ones. They, if, you, if you wander around Smith's Toys, you'll find stuff for a hundred quid. Are they safe? No. No. Why no. not? Well, what's unsafe about them? Again, again. Look, I suppose. I suppose communication between the transmitter, the receiver, and the drone. Look again, they're whatever. They're probably about fifty grams, hundred grams. They're not going to do any damage. Yeah, yeah. You're going to lose it. It's going to blow away or something. It's not going to do any damage. <laughs> I see. It's not. No. When we're talking about safety, we use a, we have a couple of drones, and one of them is a DJI Inspire Two. It's about four kg. And if we're operating that in the city, uh. and we have the permissions to operate it in the city, we have to actually fit a parachute to that. Really. Oh, absolutely, yeah. We have a parachute fitted to that. So if anything goes wrong, we'll hit the button, the motors will go off, the rotators will stop going around, parachute will come up, and the drone will land down. Yeah, I imagine if you got hit, like, I can imagine now, two Santa drops two hmm. Smith's Toys drones under the tree for a four-year-old and a five-year-old. I mean, they could fly them into it on there, and that, could they hurt each other? Um... Coming out as the likes of any toy store, something like 100 grams, 80 grams, something like that, 120 grams. No, they wouldn't. No. Yeah, yeah. I no, reckon we'll no. be seeing. My big fear for them really is that they'll just fly away in the wind or something like that. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's my biggest fear. Or into that. the side like of the, the DJI. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Like the DJI drones are absolutely. They are the market leader. They have 70 percent of the market. And yeah, absolutely. Their communication between transmitters and receivers is absolutely amazing. They're very, very stable. They're very stable in the wind. So I suppose getting back to the seven-year-old kid and the 37-year-old, if they're on a bit of a budget, I would say the DJI Mavic Mini 2, 600 euro, yeah. very stable drone, absolutely yeah. great. And the very important thing with it is the firmware updates. Yeah. 
Yeah. Very important. A lot of people kind of just put them up and they play with them and they enjoy them, and, but they don't update the firm. Don't update and what's them. going to happen later on, you could have a communication issue or anything like that, right, you know. Okay. Richard, just in on the phone while we're hmm. talking, is there any valid reason that people would be flying quite professional-looking drones around at half eleven at night? It's probably just standard photography, says this person on the phone, but I'm a bit worried. You, like, if you're doing a professional operation... Do you have to let authorities know? Do you have to let people know? You, um, you depending if you're within, I suppose, if you're in five miles of the airport, obviously you put in your UF 101 and get permission from air traffic control to fly, which you can do. Um, in around a housing estate, like that's one I suppose I meant to bring up there. That's a no-no. There's no need. Now I do stuff in housing estates for yeah. auctioneers. But I'm up, take the shot, I'm gone and I'm out. That's it, end of story. Yeah. But like, I live in Ballincolic myself and like there was a drone going around our estate the other night. I came over from Maglin across, flying around. Like, that's absolutely ludicrous, like. Right. You're invading, invading people's privacy, I guess, are you? Absolutely, absolutely. You're invading people's privacy because these, these drones have a camera on them. Yeah. And is there a so privacy thing with privacy. them? I mean, like, like, you can't just fly up and start checking to see what your neighbour's garden looks like to like look at the absolutely news, no? not no no no, no. there's a privacy thing absolutely yeah. yeah that's completely illegal you can be reported to the guards for that and I suppose next year I suppose they are tightening up on it and I suppose I can I can see it myself I suppose I can see a couple of cases coming up probably in the next six eight months you know where really? people are invading privacy and stuff like that yeah yeah because you you something like you you can see the fella down the down the end of the road is bringing in a lot of decking and tiling and Correct. stuff like that and you want to see what his new and garden the drone is like going over. Yes. that's illegal that's illegal absolutely yes, of course you're invading people's privacy yeah. like you've no like if you must look at it and watch if you see a drone flying out there the question you must ask why is that drone flying out there is it doing a job mm. is it a kid in a park or something like that yeah. it's half 11 at night I would question that really? yeah you could be snooping snooping on someone's bedroom which would be another... Absolutely, well, absolutely, absolutely. And I had that issue myself one time. I was doing a block of apartments, and mm. I was doing the roof, and I knew for protection, I always kind of protect myself. I notified the guards. I said, this is where I am. You might get a phone call. Yes. And lo and behold, I got a phone call. I see. From somebody to say I was looking in their window. I see. But you people are... are, there's a lot of people are very nervous of them. Well, of course they are. You know, they are, they are. You, you hear. You have a camera on it. You're yeah. recording information. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose the other thing there as well is a beach. That's a no-no. Really? Absolutely. Look, the beach is fine. It's fine. Like I've done stuff on beaches, but there, nobody has been down there. Right. right. Do you know what I mean? You can do stuff seven, eight o'clock in the morning when there's nobody around. When well, you know, in the summer, when there's nobody around, you can yeah. operate away seven, eight o'clock in the morning. There's a lot like more the to this, Richard, isn't there, than just mm. taking it out of the box? Charging oh, listen, you could talk about this, PJ, all day. You could talk about it all day, and that's why I say to people, if they're buying their drone, go for the drone under two hundred and fifty gram. It's less of a headache. Go away, enjoy yourselves, but read up the regulation, get familiar with it, because there's no thing here as I didn't know. Those days are gone. I see. I see. So if you... Those if days you are have, over. Even for a child, a parent out mm. with a chi- child, with a, you know, even one of the smaller, cheaper, lighter ones, they yes. are subject to regulation. So don't it would be, irresponsibly take the child out with the drone from Santa and start flying it yes. around the housing estate. You can't do that. 
You can't do that. Absolutely not. No, absolutely. Go away to a field or something like that or up to an industrial estate that's closed or something like that and go away and have a bit of fun. All right. Richard, thank you very much. Richard Coleman is a professional drone photographer. Uh, you'll get them in all the toy shops. Santa will pick them up for 100 quid, but he said, look, they're only toys. And the the rules and regulations, you can't snoop, you can't... Like, the, the idea that, okay, so they I heard they did a lovely patio now down the end of the road and we're thinking of doing a new patio in the springs. Oh, look, click, click. No, we can't do that. Can't do that. Can't go to Fitzgerald's Park with one, which I would have thought... I was surprised at that. Can't go up over Parky Cueve with one, which I wasn't too surprised about that. Uh, you can't go to a beach with... So there's far more rules and regulations than you would think. Thank you, Richard. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96FM. Hi, it's Elmarie. Join myself and Connor every Sunday morning to find out what's happening in the arts all over Cork. There's so much happening. Fantastic festivals with great events for all ages. And we'll tell you all about them. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes. Planted, picked and produced in Cork. Griffin's Potatoes. The great taste of home. Cork. 96 FM. On page ago, phones, it says here on a message, Virgin Media is phasing them out next year. Google it, you'll, you'll see. 0818969696. On the drones, most people are coming on the phone now saying, ah, there's more reasons not to get one than to get one. It certainly seems like that, doesn't it? It certainly isn't as simple as just taking them out of the box and bzz, away you go. It's it's there's so much rules and regs there. So there are more places than you can that you can't do it than where you can. Probably will be Christmas Day with loads of drones around housing estates, but that you can't. That's not not allowed. PJ, you should look up DJ Audits on TikTok or Facebook. He flies drones in the UK and he's very, very good. Thanks for that. And on the English market, John says, Ah, John. Ah, John. (laughs) I haven't been to the English market since the Queen came and I won't ever go there again. Well, I'm sure they're really, really mourning the loss of the few quid you spend, John, but come on. Would you give over now? It was 10 years ago or more. 0818 96 96 96. Now, if you're going for a Christmas Day or New Year's Day swim, or if you're going out in a boat over the Christmas New Year season, you'd hope never to need the services of the lifeboats. But some people will. As a father and daughter team will be on call with the RNLI in Crosshaven over the Christmas and New Year season. Um, the Fegans, uh, Holly and James, and they join me. Morning, guys. Morning, Morning. Now, James, you're, you're at this a long time. Holly, you're only at it a couple of months. What, what brought you into it, Holly? Um, I think since I was younger, like, a big part of my family has been involved in the Life Station, and I was always down there, really. My nan was involved in fundraising. Dad was always part of the crew. My aunt was a first female helm cousins involved etc so I was always gonna join at some stage just waiting to be age appropriate really you're, you're steeped in it yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't have a choice <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're on call over Christmas including Christmas day is that right well there'll be a roster for 24 7 that'll be cover we're just waiting for the roster to come out knowing who will be on at what stage yeah very good James proud of her absolutely yeah yeah, amazing. I mean, to be fair, you know, 
she was uh, not surprised that she's gotten involved, but it's, um, yeah, pro moment. I was down in that station in Crosshaven a few years ago when they opened the new facility. It is fantastic. What kind of a crew do you have down there? A uh, pretty diverse crew, uh, which is a good thing because we have, you know, trying to get 24-7 from, uh, cover for volunteers is hard. So we, we've got a, a big mix of uh, great people. Mm-hmm. So we'll... If if one is on call Christmas Day, how long would you be on call for? Um, we've got an app. It's actually pretty good. We we just have we have to have minimum cover, uh, and it's it, we try and sue people. A lot of people with young kids might want early mornings, um, and and again the diversity of the crew means that we we get generally get cover. Some guys are, are fond of a, a beer in the evening, others don't drink, and we try and we try and sue each other. Mm. Conditions, are they difficult at this time of the year? Obviously, the water... I mean, James, for pure common sense, people will try the bit of sw- the swim Christmas day and they might go off out in a boat. Advice, simple safety advice. Bring communication. Yeah. And uh, if there's any issue, just call. I'd much rather, you know, be stood down for a call with good intent than be too late for a call that we could have done something about. Yeah, and be aware of the fact that the water is damn cold. Absolutely. Temperatures, I think, are three or low at the moment. Um, So you you need to have your wits about you. I think Christmas morning is going to be cold. (laughs) I would have thought so. I would have thought so. Holly, are you a a fan of the water as well as being the light? I mean, do you swim? Do you sail anyway? I do. I have been brought up in a sailing, swimming background. I suppose living across I've been being surrounded by the sea, it's kind of in everyone's nature. Mm. So I've done sailing courses. Dad and I will paddleboard. Mom tries to get me to swim, but she doesn't have much. I'm hoping that at the moment, far too cold for me. But Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't imagine how anybody would do it. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. Hundreds of people do it, and the best of luck to you if you can. I can't imagine wading no. into the sea on a Christmas. Can you? No, no appeal to me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you feel great after it, but sure you do. If you can feel any part of your body after it, you probably <laughs> yeah. do. Have you? So, have you been out on 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 um, rescues yet, or, or operations Not yet? yet. Huh? I have one assessment left oh. before I get out on the boat. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you will be, and you got to be there if you're called. How how long do you have to get there? Um. Well, the advice is drive or get there as fast as you can safely. Um. But usually, we're all living locally, so usually two, three minutes, there'll be someone down the station, yeah. Really? And James, you, you have an app, you carry beepers and stuff like that, is it? Yeah, we carry a pager and there's an app on the phone. So, you know, I think we, from pages going off um, to get them out of the water is about seven to ten minutes. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And and it's it's the one service that I think you never want to have to use. But they're always there. They're always on call. And there's a, I, mean, I was going through a list yesterday of people who will work Christmas Day or be available Christmas Day. The lifeboats are ones that you wouldn't think of, James. Have you ever been called out on a Christmas Day? Uh, last year we were called out on Stephen's Day, <laughs> not Christmas Day. Uh, I think there was some uh, Santa, Santa paddleboard presence. Um, and again, it was... You know, it was no big danger. People just didn't have control of their new toys. I got you. I got you. Holly, James, if you're called out together, 
Um, good luck and have a great Christmas and I hope that you get to sit in the warm on Christmas Day and that you won't be you won't be called out at all but you'll be there if we need you For, uh, James and Holly Feagan father and daughter team with the Crosshaven RNLI, RNLI lifeboats the, the emergency service you never hope to have to call but they'll be there too remember I said to you yesterday I'd be half afraid to go through the people who were working Christmas Day because they'd best leave somebody out lifeboats will be on call all day that day. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Morning PJ, I'm at work at the moment, so I can't talk, but I want to let you know about my kind, lovely dad, Con, Con O'Regan. One day last winter, I rang my mom as usual on the way home from work to have a chat in the car. I mentioned to mom the car was freezing after being parked up all day. Thought no more of it until the following day when I came out of work, there's my lovely dad waiting for me with a hot water bottle, all filled and ready to go. How great is he? How amazing is he? No other man and I have three of them. A husband and two sons could ever live up to the legend that is my dad. He deserves the voucher and so much more. He'll always have his daughter's love. That's from Maria. That's lovely. We're getting loads of them in. I want to take people on the air, though, to talk about the kindest thing anyone has done for you this year, uh, 2022. That's lovely. That's lovely. If you can get that onto a voice message and tell me the story yourself, I know you're busy, but you'll be a contender, but I need to get people on the radio. That's lovely, though. That's the kind of thing. So it was freezing in the car. So the following day, Dad goes along with a hot water bottle to meet her outside work for a hot water bottle in the car. That's, 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 that's nice. I know there's a certain young woman listening who would expect me to do it. Um... Yeah, right. <laughs> Messing. 0818 96 96 96. Now, as the cold dominates us this week, and I love this weather, but it's still cold. It's very, very cold. We'd be thinking of the warmth and where we might go for the summer of 2022. And there was a huge info drop yesterday by Ryanair at Cork Airport. They are just driving so much traffic through Cork in 2022. Five new routes and increasing a load of other flights. Big day for them yesterday. I know it's been a big year for the airport as it comes back to pre-pandemic levels of business and hopefully will be well and truly back to pre-pandemic levels by the time all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Joined by the new communications manager at Cork Airport is Barry Holland. Barry, that was a lot of info dropped yesterday by Ryanair. A very busy 2023 ahead. Morning. Good morning, PJ. It's shaping up to to be a very busy summer for Ryanair at Cork Airport in 2023. Ryanair are looking at over 1.4 million seats across 29 routes in their biggest ever uh, summer schedule from Cork Airport. Last summer, uh, Ryanair operated 25 routes. Uh, They're now going to operate 29 routes next summer. It's a 20% increase on their 2022 summer schedule. Mm. So naturally enough, we're very pleased at Cork Airport for Ryanair to come on board with with these fantastic services, Mm. um, some of which are new. 
and which will be of good interest to people in Cork and the Munster region when planning that summer getaway next year. Yeah. Looking at increased frequency as well to places like Alicante, Faro, Palma, like they, they, know, they know where people want to go. There's increased frequencies on no less than 11 routes from Cork Airport now with Ryanair. Uh, Stansted, Manchester, Birmingham, Liverpool, Lanzarote, Malaga, Faro, Alicante, Palma, um, Reus and Bordeaux. So along with five new routes, which they've announced to Seville, La Rochelle, East Midlands, Venice Treviso and Rome Fiumicino, there's going to be increased frequencies on a lot of their existing routes as well. So they're looking at putting 1.4 million seats on between March and October next year. Aer Lingus are doing some increasing too, Barry, at the moment. They're, They're gearing up. So Aer Lingus had an announcement earlier in the week whereby they announced increased frequencies on their Malaga and Faro services from Cork Airport. Mm-hmm. Malaga will be moving to seven times weekly, effectively daily, and then Faro will be operating six times six times weekly from that's, Cork Airport with Aer Lingus. That's great news. Are you back to pre-pandemic levels or close to it, Barry? We're, we're getting progressively closer, PJ, and 2022 has given us an additional boost at the start of the year, Cork Airport forecasted that there would be 1.8 million passengers flying in and out of the airport in the year 2022, mm-hmm. combined with a couple of factors which included the lifting of the last remaining restrictions, the significant demand for international travel, and a couple of our new route announcements. That forecast was revised upwards. We're now looking at welcoming 2.2 million passengers across 2022. That's nearly half a million uh, passengers increase in that's, what we forecasted. That's compared fantastic. To what 2.2 million in the first year after a pandemic. That That's something else. I mean, I can remember, I'm old enough, we've talked about this, Barry, you and I, I, I can remember when a million was somewhere in the distance for, for Cork Airport. Mm-hmm. You know, now 2.2, who knows? What, what, what would you be looking at for 2023 all going well? Well, the target, PJ, is for Cork Airport and we will be the first state airport to re- uh, what we might call recover all of our pre-pandemic passenger traffic, which was in 2019, 2.6 million. Right. We're probably edging towards the 2.4 million mark. The prediction is 2.4 million mark in 2023. That's... But as I say, you know, this year was this year exceeded all expectations. Yeah. Who knows, it, it could happen again next year. One of the nicest weeks to be in and out of the airport has always been the week leading up to Christmas. And it's a full week next week, Barry. Exciting times, people coming home from the four corners of the world. Again, some of them not been home for three years. There'll be a lot of emotion in that terminal during the week. There's a lot of emotion, PJ, Christmas time, but it's it's happy emotion. And you have, as you just mentioned, there's a lot of people who will be returning from extended periods abroad, uh, three years possibly, even more, coming back home to Cork, meeting with their family, reuniting after that extended period abroad. So it's a very happy place. The arrivals area is teeming with excitement mm. here at the moment. It has been for the last couple of days. Each morning we have our Christmas choir program. It's in full swing. We have a local Cork school come up every morning on a weekday and perform Christmas carols for the arriving passengers. We also have some other choirs and taking part at the weekend and music groups. So it's extremely exciting altogether. The terminal is festooned with festive decorations here and there's a great excitement. And that will only continue into next week then as well as as we edge closer to the Christmas. I was showing the Queen Bee your nutcrackers, uh, the big, huge, uh, we, she collects them, and the big, huge nutcrackers <laughs> you have. And she says, can we get one of them for the garden? <laughs> Are you mad? <laughs> it's great. They're taking, 
they're like two sentries at either side <laughs> of our specially con- constructed Christmas stage. They're, they're fantastic. huge. Barry, do people go the opposite way then? Do people head for the sun for Christmas? Are you busy in that regard? Absolutely. Christmas is equally as busy for people who like to go to warmer climates in um, at Christmas time. But also, PJ, for people living in Cork that might necessarily be from, from Cork and might be originally from other countries yeah. internationally, it's equally as busy departing because they are all keen to get home to their respective countries, their home countries for Christmas as well. And as, as you mentioned, there's the Irish traffic then that goes out to the sun to the places like the Canaries in the south of Spain or Portugal, all of which is with, we have fantastic connectivity with this winter from Cork Airport. So they're all keen to get out to the sun um, for before the Christmas period. And then after Christmas, then it'll be in reverse. You know, you'll have your passengers that were home for Christmas returning, etc. So it's going to be a very busy uh, couple of weeks. We estimate that over the Christmas period, they will be in the region of 135,000 passengers uh, both uh, depart and arrive from Cork Airport. Busy, busy times. And only close the one day, only close Christmas Day. Just Christmas Day. Just Christmas Day, yeah. All right. Barry, uh, congratulations on your first year. You were there since, what, February. Uh, exciting times. That's right. Exciting. It has been, PJ. It's been a great year because, as as I mentioned earlier, that you know it's been an incredible uplift for international travel. The airport is rebounding very strongly. We've seen even increased catchment now of our, our, our traditional catchment area extending up into South Leinster mm. and places in even up as far as Connacht. So we're working hard here to make sure that we you know, deliver additional new routes when the time comes next year and the year after to make sure that we're that first airport to recover our uh, passenger traffic back to pre-pandemic levels. Well, good luck with that and please convey my, my, my greetings and the greetings for the season to all of the crew up there at uh, Cork Airport. Um, Barry Holland, Communications Manager. It's great to see our little airport uh, thriving again after two awful years. Uh, it's brilliant and it looks like they're going to be really busy in the summer of 2023. I Listen, I love me holidays. I love travelling. But it's a big thing for us when we're going on holidays. It's a big thing for us to get out of Cork and get back into Cork. It really is because, yeah, Dublin is a jungle. <laughs> An airport up there anyway. I just love it. Always have done. 0818 96 96 96. There's lots of people around town at the moment in their Christmas jumpers. I don't know whether they are part of an actual Cork Simon Christmas jumper day. I know some of them are because thousands of you do it every year. Just get together with Cork Simon, wear your Christmas jumper and raise vital funds for the incredible work that they do. You can do it anywhere. Just organise your Christmas jumper day and say, right, we're all doing Christmas jumpers. Do it online, do it at home, at work, school, wherever you want to go. And you get a pack from Cork Simon, corksimon.ie, and then join us at Cork's 96FM to help fight the scourge of homelessness in Cork. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Any news of Transatlantic uh, from Cork is a message in there from Jimmy. No, Jimmy, not this year anyway. I, I, I have said it to Barry and others before. and They did try Transatlantic and they'd try it again, but it didn't really work uh, as well as it should. Uh, it stopped. Doesn't say they won't go back to it someday, but no, not not in the short term future anyway. Um, Jimmy, it was shocking about that soldier. What? What? It was shocking about that soldier being killed. Says John. 
but they shouldn't have been out there in the first place. Why ever not, John? Why ever not? They're out there since 1978 as part of Unifil. And they're ranked as the best in the world, among the best in the world, at what they do. Actually, I mentioned a man's name yesterday. We were talking about that awful tragedy, a man called Timor Goskill. Uh, he was kind of a historical political advisor and spokesman for the Unifil operation. I met him when I was out there myself, and pretty much anyone who's ever gone out there met Timur Goskill at one point. He was a Turkish man originally, uh, was educated in the States, and he was he had an incredible knowledge of the politics and the history of that entire region. I was sad to read yesterday, checking up to see what it, what was happening to him these days. He died, actually. He died in February of 2021. He died of COVID. He was living in, in Beirut. Uh, and he died of COVID in February of uh, 2021. 0818 96 96 96. Uh, Sinead on. There's a Christmas craft market in the parochial hall. Just kicked off at 10 o'clock. They're there till 1.00. Tea and coffee is free. There'll be a raffle and all the usual stalls and uh, goodies for a Christmas market. So happy to mention that for you. It's in the parochial hall. Started at 10. And the Mallow Farmers Market has two days of Christmas markets on the grounds of St. James's Church. They're there today from 9 till 1 and tomorrow from 10 till 2. The Mallow Farmers Market Facebook page has all the details that you need. 0818 96 96 96. A lot of kindness out there at the moment. We're looking for some people to give our vouchers to, our super value vouchers to. And if you want to tell us who, what was the kindest thing anybody did for you this year, it would be a lovely way to. And come on and tell me the story. Tell me this. Sandra says my husband gets up every morning, starts my daughter's car and my son's car and de-ices them and then does his own if, before he goes to work. That's a nice one, Sandra. Thank you. Now, Michael O'Donovan is a milkman and has a nice, successful little route going for himself. And, Michael, you're doing something to, to give back uh, for Christmas, in the areas where you have your your milk round. Morning. Yeah. So, PJ, basically, I'm, I deliver milk to houses in in the north side of the city, Macroom, Bandon, and Kinsale towns, and kind of surrounding areas, hmm. towns, and I have kind of a 350 customers that I deliver to twice weekly. It's through my my milkman dot my milkman yeah. dot exactly yeah. yeah um so basically what I was thinking was look there's a lot of families struggling out there and I was thinking was there anything I could do to kind of help within those communities yes so I just kind of put up a post on Facebook uh, during the week and it took off from there yeah your suppliers uh, have come on board with you have they yeah Tier Lawn formerly of uh, Glanbia formerly Glanbia they they said, look, whatever I buy, Gail Douglas. Oh, very good. So, look, what starts off as a small kind of thing has now grown fairly big. And I've decided that I will kind of help a lot of the, the homeless ch- people, charities that are going to the city there by night to, to feed the homeless. Right. Um, I've had a good few of them on to me. Um, 
so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, really. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be putting an order in, and I'll have I'll have it to me by Monday. Right. And I'm going to dis- distribute it then throughout the, the, the clients that would like to, to use it. And whatever I've left over in, I will donate to the, the bigger charities. Very good. What do you expect to have by the time your your everything comes in? Um, at the moment, what I'm hoping to, well, what my plan is to order is 72 litres of 2 litre milk, 160 litres of apple juice and orange juice each, nice. and 100 yogurts. Yeah. But I think I'm going to double that again, I'd say. Yeah. So, like, I've had uh, Sophia Hosey on to me. Um, I've had... I've had a uh, Lions Club and Kinsale on to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Feed Cork or another crowd that were recommended to me. I know them very well. Good, good people. Good people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, look, I'm planning on giving back uh, to, to, to all the communities that have supported me, you know. Mm-hmm. Look, I can't help everyone, PJ. But surely I can help someone. Do, do you come across a lot of families in your rounds that, that are in trouble? Uh, you see, I wouldn't meet families like that you know um, mm. like I, I'm out early early morning yes so but by talking to certain individuals over the last couple of days there's a lot of families in destitute at the moment yeah so look I'm hoping to be able to leave some bit of the burden for the Christmas leading up to Christmas and maybe hopefully over the Christmas weekend um, and try and do another bit again if I can in the new year you know all right. Well, that's a great act of kindness. I mean, you've had you've had a, a reasonably successful year in your own little business, and you just want to give back for Christmas. That's great kindness. Yeah, it's just look. As I said, I can't help everyone, but if I was able to help, you know, fifty fifty out of a hundred or fifty out of two hundred, someone that's helped, you know. All right. Okay. So yeah, I'm I'm looking happy to doing it. Uh, it's it's look it's a going to probably cost uh, 500 to 1,000 euro between myself and Tierlan but look it's, it's fine good man you know? good man uh, and I'm happy and, like, and I'm delighted with the support I'm getting from from, uh, from my customers so that's, that's why I'm giving it back okay. if anybody wants to help you or support you in any way how would they go about contacting you well if, look if they want to support me in what I'm doing and giving out to the homeless they can contact me through through, through Facebook or give me um, a phone call if they like, mm-hmm. like uh, what's your, what, the easiest way is probably your Facebook what, what's the Facebook page Mike, called just, just, just Michael O'Donovan you know what there's some great goodness out there and, and you're part of it and, and thank you for talking to me today no problem at all PJ that's my third Donovan. Milkman giving back. He's had a successful year in his own little business. So he wants to give back. Good man, Michael. Thank you. To Riverview Eggs, DJ Kelleher. Uh, you've a plan Morning. as well. How are you doing, sir? Not too bad at all. You're well, PJ. And thanks for having me on your show. Delighted. Now, you, you donate eggs all the time to places like Penny Dinners, but you, you're doing something extra now for Christmas. Yeah, we we do. We we donate uh, 52 weeks of the year into Penny Dinners and to Vincent Arth, um Cork Simon community. Um, but then this year, I suppose it kind of resonated with us with the fact that media were saying that people were choosing between food or fuel. Yes. Um, and 
I suppose we've a product which is fuel for the body. Um, the egg, it's a you know very rich and cheap source of protein, full of minerals, vitamin D to keep colds and flu away. Mm-hmm. And we kind of thought, well, if people can't afford, let's say, the internal fuel, um, that we kind of give both of them this year. So we gave um, a pallet full of, of wood down to them last week. And then this week, we so that they'd have fresh eggs, people would have fresh eggs going into Christmas. We sent down 800 by six pack of um, eggs so that at least, you know, if they were giving out, let's say 800 hampers, 800 families have a six pack of eggs going in. That's fantastic. As, as, as someone who likes an egg, Every day from my breakfast, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I know. I know how important. Every day keeps the doctor away. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I know. It's, no, I, there's not a. I if I an, a fridge or wherever you keep them. Some people keep in the fridge. Some people don't. But it's not there. in the fridge, anyway. And there's the thing. Here's the thing. While I have you, every yeah. fridge you buy has an egg, yeah. an egg thing in it. And yet, people like you. Well, you see, fridges are made for Spain and Greece and all these places. Um, And would you believe it? It's actually assumed in people's homes that the fridge would be the cleanest place, and that's why they say keep keep eggs in a fridge because the egg is, you know, it's absorbing the environment around it. Um, So that's why we would say don't put them into a fridge because the egg will think of where it comes from, PJ. Yeah, the egg. Hot place. Yeah. (laughs) I know, I know. I they don't you. like the cold. <laughs> <laughs> like it. ourselves at the moment. <laughs> I know. That's, that's interesting. And I said when I was going to talk to you, I'd bring Dad up. So do you say he's not, not in the fridge and yet... There's, uh, not in the fridge. Not in the fridge. Very good. Definitely not. <laughs> so how, 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 where's the firewood coming from? Well, actually, it's we, we, we have, would you believe, we have a product here, essentially, that it's all what they call a white pallet. They're all disposable pallets. The packaging comes in on, um, you know, they're not reusable. So we have a guy that comes here and takes them away and converts them into kindling. I bags see. of kindling. Um, so it was him um, that we, uh, I asked him because I didn't know whether we would have eggs because there was such a shortage of eggs this year. There's a massive pull on eggs this year. Mm-hmm. And then I asked Greg and Dean Roach, who are the guys that take away the pallets, um, would they put together a pallet of wood for me? So they were very kindly, they put that together for me. You know, and I suppose, you know, like at the moment, PJ, when you look at our society, like it's like as if our world has turned upside down. And the difficulty is that when you, when you, years ago, when you saw service users, it was like, God, who are they? But like, it's you and me. It's you and me now. It's it's any one of us. It's there we be, but for the for the grace of God, yeah, as they say. It's and true. It's true. you know, SVP and Simon Community and Penny Dinners, they're all people who are putting the hand out to people who have in their darkest times and who probably think that they've no choices. And you know, that's what SVP, Simon Community and Penny Dinners do. They they're the hand that these people need. And I think you know, it's it's a humanism, one would hope, that we do have a duty of care to each other. Yes. Um, and I know that might sound a bit pontificating, no, but no. we do have a duty of care no. to each other. Yeah. And, you know, never more so than now. You know, we've a war in Ukraine, we've wars, people getting, you know, killed out in Iran for protesting for human rights. You know, like, God, the world is just upside down. It is. It um, is and more yeah. than ever, we need... 
we need that hand that comes out with no judgment, no nothing, just here you go. I don't know if and you, you probably didn't hear us, Sorry, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. Uh, DJ. Okay. No, but those of us that then can, you know, I heard you were talking to a milkman just before me and, you know, it's amazing the power of thought once you put a bit of thought into something yeah, and people are out there and that can give back. Like, for example, I'm involved in a choir. I spoke with you last year about a choir yes. um, that we were involved with. And, you know, we're putting on, because there was such a demand, we actually are putting on a third carol service. And that money, that's White Church Carol Service and it's um, Core Gal organising it. But we're putting on three services now and we're, the money going for it is going to the Rainbow um, Foundation there for autism. Brilliant people. Um, Brilliant people. You know, and, but like that's the power of song. And like that's 50 or 60 people coming together yeah. And that's their part for give back. You know, we're just one family. You know, there's a team of people here with me, Teresa, Julie, the whole lot of them here at Riverview. And it would be remiss of us to not be able to give something back. Um, and especially with the product we have. Come, come back to me on that, on that product. You mentioned there's a pull on eggs. Why? Is it to do with, with well, I mean, all years are locally it's, produced. It's, 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 it, do you know what? It, there's there's a pull on eggs at the moment because eggs are regarded as a cheap source of protein. Um, meat has gone expensive. You know, everything has, uh, prices have all gone up. Yes, the price of eggs has gone up because the costs going in have gone up. Um, but there's just a massive shortfall across Ireland, Northern Ireland, GB, Europe. There's a massive shortfall of eggs. Um you know, because for various reasons, like there's bird flu in main, mainland Europe, you know, that would have killed off quite a number of, be it chicken meat or the laying hens. So like there's just, <laughs> we, we, we're we living in a world where there's COVID and other things. I know, I know. You know, bird flu being a, but no, there's a big pull on eggs at the moment and we really did worry that we wouldn't have eggs. And then it was, we just made the decision here, me and the team, and we said, look, we do it every year. We're doing it for 14 or 15 years. Why should this year be any different? All right. So that's what we did. Continued success to you and your team, uh, DJ, uh, DJ Kelleher, Managing Director of Riverview Eggs, and to Greg and Dean, who are chopping up the kindling for them, and it's going to go to the St. Vincent de Paul and other charities. Good local business, uh, supporting local uh, charities. Thanks, DJ. 0818 I'd love for my mam, Eleanor, to get a voucher. I can't explain how much she means to me and my family. With my illness, I'm unfortunately out of work, and I miss that. I'm finding myself more and more sick too, so I don't leave the house a lot of the time. I'm only 36. Mum doesn't drive, but is still here every day, helping around the house, doing school runs with my dad if my husband's in work. She's here washing and ironing and cooking and cleaning. My two girls adore her. There's nothing she wouldn't do for us or anyone else. She's more than one in a million. She's like one in a billion. She'd run the road for me and she'd never complain or give out about a thing. Nothing is a big deal or nothing is too much to ask. She's our best friend. The world is a better place with our ma'am in it and I'd never be able to pay her back for what she does. Thanks, PJ and gang. Have a lovely Christmas. 0818 96 96 96. Couple of little arty things to take you through this Friday. There's a new play opening in the Granary. Uh, opens, it's, it opened actually last night, runs until tomorrow night. It's an unusual piece of work. It's called Conversations on a Crosstown Algorithm. Yawa, Paige. It's a 3D animation 
in a play. So it's like a live cartoon on stage. It's the work of Diren O'Malley, who's a visual artist based in Berlin. And it's a, kind of a look at the social media world and the use of our data and all that. But it's a most unusual production. And the Granaries are fabulous theatre for that because of the way it's laid out. So best of luck uh, to Diren with the rest of that run. Good news as well this morning from one of my favourite writers favourite Cork writers, Ty Coakley Ty, I, Ty was on the show with me earlier in the year, he wrote a, wrote a most beautiful book about sport called The Game, which really did very well for him and nice to see, lovely book but he also has a crime series, a series of novels about a guy called Collins, a guard called Collins and he's just this morning put up the front page of his new book Collins will be back in 2023 and for those of us who are fans of Cork crime writing, that was a nice Christmas present to get this morning. Right, we've got some of your acts of kindnesses coming on the radio next. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael with an update on Cork's entertainment. ABBA Esk are undoubtedly Ireland's number one tribute show ever. Their success over the past 21 years has been phenomenal, making them without question Ireland's most successful tribute show performing in excess of 150 sellout shows a year. They come Come to Cypress Avenue for one night only on December 30th. Access all areas. Following the release of his second book, Boulevard Ren and Other Stories, Blind Boy returns to Cork Opera House with his most popular creation, The Blind Boy Podcast Live. Tickets are now on sale from the box office and website for the show which takes place on Wednesday, February 15th. Access all areas. You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play or exhibition coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us at aaa at 96fm.ie Access all areas Your guide to nightlife on Side On Cork's 96FM Selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage Shopify is there to help you grow Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms because businesses that grow grow with Shopify Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Right, start on line one. Is it Amesgrave? Okay, Lorraine. 
Hiya. How are you doing? Good. What did What did Emma do? Actually, Grace. Emma is her sister, and I meant to say Grace. Okay, okay. What happened? Well, it was um, recently she found 50 euro in Tesco in Middleton. Right. But she handed it in. But when it wasn't claimed, they gave it back to her. Okay. And she asked her mum and dad to bring her up to Smith's to buy toys for other people who would need them more than her. Isn't that lovely? But she has a heart of gold. I mean, like during lockdown, she was saving for a new bed. And she had 100 euros saved. And she gave it to Penny Dinners. <sighs> and then she cut her hair for the Laurel Lynn Foundation. And she raised 385 euro for that. Nice. And for Christmas, she's selling biscuit cakes to raise money for Rare Ireland Foundation. Very good. Well, she's, she has a heart of gold. Well, she's not to give this 50 quid to anybody. She's no. to spend it on herself. Exactly. And treat herself because she we got one of these vouchers for her. 50 quid for Super Value for Christmas. That's lovely oh, kind be of... Delighted. Be she's not to give it to anyone else though except herself because she's, she's doing so <laughs> much for, so much for other people Lorraine thank you for that thank you thanks thank you. I'll give it back to you there guys in case you need her so where am I going now four of oh, Carol Ann uh, how are you doing Carol Ann how, how are you Peter how are Hiya. you how are you first of all to start well, I get well. I'd be honest with you know, PJ. This time last year, no, I I wouldn't even be able to go on the phone to you. I got um, a pain in my side in May, twelve months, and my daughter took me down to the A&E in the Mercy, and they confirmed. And the long story short, that I got a quadruple bypass. Whoa! Out in the regional, yeah. yeah. And so I got over. Well, I didn't get over. I came home. And then in the end of December, uh, I wasn't feeling well. They, as you know, the COVID was there, blah, blah. So I got the COVID oh. very, very, very bad. And I was so bad that my family were even arranging my funeral. Get away. Right. Yeah. And I was up in there. I see you for oh, two months. Wow. And I was on the machine. And they were lovely. They were brilliant. The nurses, doctors, staff, everyone up there now. And the doctor came over to me one day when I was coming around and he said, you know what, now, Caroline, he said, we have men in here, he said, with the same complaint, but they were tearing the machine off their faces. They wouldn't, couldn't stand it. Yeah. But you never blinked an eye. I didn't do that, PJ, because my one goal was obviously, to get through it, to come home, but I wanted to see my son walk up the aisle. Okay, and you did? I did. Good for you. I'm delighted, and I'm so delighted that you're you're back to I did. But you want to talk to me about Caroline? Caroline is, she is one in a million. She does, when I came out after the bypass, she had to do everything for me, and a funny thing is, that I done the home health for twenty years, and I done everything for the people that I went in. That was my job, and I loved it, you know. And I never thought that I'd see the day that my child Caroline would actually have to show me. I know, but she did, Good. and she never said nothing, and she done, and she's still doing it today. Okay, okay. What's your son's yeah. name, by the way? 
James Green. Okay. And Joy, they got married on the 8th of October in Belmedina. Oh, and you were out there for that? I was. It was beautiful, PJ. It really was beautiful. Fabulous. Fabulous. But Caroline's been minding you right throughout all your illness. Caroline is here, but I have another daughter now, and if she's up in her house, she's never mentioned me. She's our chauffeur, then she has the car. (laughs) (laughs) So she takes us around. Julianne, Julianne, she's she's a star as well, and James as well, and well, Joy. Well, I have one one voucher to give you, and I think we'll give it to Car to, to, to Caroline. Caroline. To Caroline, Caroline, yeah. We we'll give Caroline. it to Caroline, and like that, now she's spending on herself and look after herself. We fifty quid from Super Value for Christmas, and delighted oh, to see that, that your your health is is coming back for you. That's great. You've had a tough old time, but but good to see that, Caroline. And, and thanks for your call, and a happy Christmas to you and yours. And you too. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Leave her on the line. Stay on the line there for me. I'll give you back. Okay, where am I going next? I'll get at least one more in before the news. Uh, Kean. Hi, Kean. Hi, PJ. How are you? Good. Who do you want to talk to me about? My mum and dad, uh, Maria and Paul O'Neill. So they both both bring me... I'm a disabled athlete, and I compete in javelin and discus, and they both bring me around the country. My mum is the driver, so she would bring me around to I have training and competitions around Ireland okay. and I I throw from a throwing frame as well and that's heavy that will be heavy enough so my dad comes as well to carry that around for me. Okay. So they do a lot of work for me throughout the year. I've, I've seen those things actually. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're they're a big contraption and you, you throw from within that. That has to be transported, does it? That's correct, yes. Um, I have a pole that you can kind of, and wheels, so you can kind of drag it along, but it's still very heavy, like, you know, just to drag it along. And Dad so, comes along and does that for you? He does, yes. Yeah. And my mum is the driver, as I said, so she drives without complaining all over the country. Because I have, tra- it can be for training as well, because I'm on uh, Irish team, so it's training can be up in Tipperary, for example. Very so good. You're on yeah. the Irish team for javelin, was it? Javelin and discus, yeah. Good man. Good Thank man. you. Good man. So you want you want to give mum and dad the voucher? Yeah, it will be it will be be between both of them. Yeah, All please. Right. Well, listen, Kean. Thank you. And how? What are you busy in the sport? Is there a lot of training and a lot of competition going on? I was in Portugal for an international just in November. I came fourth in the javelin and fifth in the discus. Good man. So, thank you. And what's the plan for 2023? It will be a lot of hard work again, and I'll have Irish competitions, and we might have a trip to Czech Republic. That's just all talk at the moment, but there might be a trip to Czech Republic. Fantastic. Well, good luck with that, and we've sort out that voucher for your mum and dad, Maria and Paul, and happy Christmas to you and all the family. Right, one quick one before we go to Cash Stars and News and all of that. Angela. Good morning, PJ. How are you? I'm great. Who do you want to talk to me about? I want to talk to you about... I've had a rough seven years since 2015, you know? Yes. And I'm getting a bit weepy now. (laughs) And I've just got so much help from the doctors and nurses in the Mercy. And I have community nurses coming out to me now ever since, for the last seven years. And they've been so good to me because I suffer from depression as well. But they really really brighten up my day when they call, you know, because okay. I was very, very ill. I, I had passed away in the ambulance on the way to the hospital okay. twice. Okay. 
And I also passed away in the A&E in the Mercy. But my life was saved, thank God, and I can live it until whenever. Good for you. And you want to to say thanks to the people that come in? Yes, that come in every every few days to me now. It used to be every day, but it's every two days, every two days a week now, PJ. All right. Okay. And I'd well, love to say thank you so much well, because they really, really did well, a lot for me, you well, know, and you'll, still you'll, are. You'll have 50 quid to get them a bunch of chocolates and sweets and whatever you want to get them from Super Value for Christmas because they've got another voucher for you. All right, Angela? Oh, thank you, PJ. They'd be delighted. Thank All you so much. And thank you for the call. That's Angela. Corcoran. So Angela and Kean and Caroline and Lorraine, we got vouchers going out to you from our wonderful friends at Super Value. We'll have more of them every day next week, right up to our final show of the year, which is this day next week, Friday the 23rd. Thank you all. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. 0818 96 96 96 is the number to call. Text to WhatsApp is 083 396 96 96. And your email opinion at 96fm.ie. Our best way to get in touch with us uh, out of hours is that email opinion at 96fm.ie if you want to contact us when we're off the air which you can do anytime you like go to the opinion at 96fm.ie and we will get back to you uh, quickly as quickly as we can even at the weekends now I said to you before uh, news it's officially Christmas in Cork and you can put up all the lights you want you can put decorations in all the windows you can do what you want you can have mince pies in every corner you can put up the big wheel you can start look, do what you want but until the boys and girls of Cher are on the streets it isn't Christmas and it is Christmas now I'm joined by Alex and Alice morning guys morning how are you Good. absolutely delighted to have you in studio we bring people in every Christmas <coughs> start with you Alex is it your first year involved uh, this is my first year yeah as an executive anyways last year our, our fourth year we were collecting but this is my first year okay what school are you with I'm in Prez okay at that, at where, where Cher started of course of course all those years ago with the, the great brother Jerome and Alice you're I'm from Mount Mercy College Mount Mercy okay and how, is this your first year this is my first year involved yeah yeah and um, so how much experience of share do you have Where, when did, how did you find out about it did they just come and ask to volunteer yes yeah, so they came to our school um, and we went out the same as Alex we went collecting in fourth year um, but they came to our school and kind of asked some of us to represent our school in the share executive um, and I thought it was a really great cost so I decided to volunteer do the executive volunteer all year round they, we yeah, do we yeah. do um, um, it's, a lot of people think that you know in share just collect during Christmas that's not the case at all like we have uh, visitation groups and we go to our share facilities and we meet residents and just talk to them and you know, and try to provide aid for them in any way we can. If it's just chatting or just getting them coffee or tea or whatever. Yeah. So what yeah. facilities are there at the moment, Alice? Yes, yeah, so we have seven facilities um, kind of dotted all around Cork. Um, we have Dunreach uh, Daycare Centre, the Dr- Brother Jerome... De- <laughs> Brother Jerome Kelly Daycare Centre, it's a long name, um, and many more. Um, myself, I go and do my visitation up in Mount St. Joseph's, um, up near Grana Bahar, um, and it's an amazing facility. It's a huge building, um, 
it's gorgeous. It's like you wouldn't think um, that it was a daycare centre. It looks like something out of a mansion or something. But um, it's absolutely lovely, and the people up there are just so, so nice. Yeah. Um, one of my favourite residents, Anne, she, uh, every week we go up there, we play music, and she gets up everyone up dancing, um, and she's singing away. She's absolutely a doge. We celebrated her 80th birthday with her recently, actually. Wow. Yeah. In all the years that I'm talking to the collectors would share, they all say the same thing, Alex, that the, the, the people that you work with make it so much fun. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Like, yeah. be it with the residents or even with the collectors, like, it just makes it, especially with, like, the collecting now, because it's cold, obviously, mm. just the people, we bring it together, you know, and it's just really heartening to see everybody come together and work as a team. This is the only fundraiser that share do in, in the entire year. So there's months for the executive like there's months of work goes into it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. When did yeah. you start planning for this, Alex? Oh, um, September. <laughs> yeah, really, because we've been having like a lot of ideas um, like with fasting, we're bringing back fasting. That was an actual mm. old share tradition and now we have, even on Patrick Street, we have people fasting now. Okay. So it's it, plans have been in the work, like people have just been suggesting ideas like since September, since the executive yeah. started really. Mm. Fasting yeah. used to be a big part of the share. It used to, yeah. and then it kind of lost focus on it. Mm. And in, there's been less kind of emphasis on it in the past couple of years, mm. but we're trying to bring it back. Uh, right. So we have people on Patrick Street with signs saying, I'm fasting for the elderly, and they have jackets with 24 hour fast on the back. Fabulous. Mm. And of course, the bright yellow jackets and the bright yellow yeah. signs. And Iconic. You, <laughs> the, the sticker, your, your jacket isn't complete without a share. Oh, good. Sticker. Yeah. It's not. Like, it yeah. is just so much part of, of, of Christmas in Cork. But you know what's changed, Alice? It's. People don't carry so much change anymore. It's true, yeah. It's so, actually, uh, and you, did you, did you, have you got around this? Are you letting people tap? What's the story? Yeah, so we have introduced tap boxes this year. Um, so we have them kind of spaced around all of the streets that we're usually collecting. Um, so you can just tap your phone or tap your card. And then we also have QR codes on some of our boxes. Very so you good. can just scan it on your phone. Um, and that's, yeah, it's sort of helping a lot because most people aren't carrying cash these days. So Yeah, or if they are, it's just very little. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It, it is, it, the QR codes and the tap boxes, they're just so beneficial because you ask somebody, would you like to donate to share? Immediate response that you get is, oh, I don't have any change on me. Mm. So it just, it helps massively. It used to be the case when I don't have any change, you'd nip in and you do a bit of shopping and you come back because you had the change. People there. do that, mm. they do do that still, yeah. to be fair. They are good for it. Everyone's really good for it. But people don't, they're just not carrying in general, money. Yeah, they just don't have it on them. You can go the full length, and as much as I love having cash, you can still you could walk the length of Patrick Street to three or four jobs and still have no cash. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It, you know? Well, it's all card these days, like. So. Yeah, yeah, so you've got that boxes. So, right up to six o'clock Christmas Eve. So, are you, you're on the 24 hour fast? Do people stay out? We, we do. We're actually, yeah. I'm going to be fasting on the 23rd to 24th, I believe. So we will be out on the street uh, on the 24th fasting. Right. Do you sit out by the crib and stuff? Uh, the fasters, they do stay outside of the crib. And then the collectors, they'd be dotted all around the place. But the fasters are always outside the crib. And if someone is wandering around at 2 o'clock in the morning on the way home trying to get a taxi, can you donate to the fast? You uh, can. There won't be collectors out, but um, you can always just throw your cash into the collection box on the crib. Um, nice. We have collectors out from 7 a.m. until 5 every day. Okay. Um, so we couldn't have them out now at 2 in the morning. That was no, not, no, that no, no what, I mean, what I mean is if, 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 if someone is wandering home and wants to make a donation, yeah. it is possible. There, yes. It is possible. We, also, we have a, a GoFundMe page linked on oh, all really? of our social media, yeah. so you can always donate online. Um, and we have that running for fasters as well, that they kind of post it. 
um, and send it to their family and friends. So, so this is the thing, in, in, in the changing world where technology is changing, let it to the young people. Um, <laughs> they'll, <laughs> find you. a, they'll find a way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're enjoying it? Loving it, Love yeah. It. it actually is just such an experience. Like it's just, it's, it's really kind of humbling to see just even like the people of Cork just come together and because everybody knows Cher, it's mm. just nice to see them all. Yeah, I'm, I'm old sure. enough to remember when it was only boys and it was only press boys. Really? Mm. That was just at the start, was it? it? Very strange. It, years it would have been, well, it would have been quite a few years ago, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's around far the start, more yeah. organised with girls now, I'll tell you. <laughs> when did they come into it, Alice, do you remember? I'm not exactly sure, but they've been in it for a while now and uh, definitely improving it, I'd say. Yeah, do, you still, <laughs> do, you, do you still do the funny costumes during the week? We do. We do. Yeah. Coming off to Christmas, yeah, we'll probably have a day where people are in pyjamas <laughs> and whatnot. I, I'd yeah. say a few, a few warm onesies. Mm. Good yeah, onesies. so they're yeah. needed. <laughs> Listen, Congratulations on putting it all together again. It is officially Christmas in Cork. Share are collecting right up to uh, tea time on Christmas Eve. Alex and Alice from the Share Executive. Lads, to all of you out there, thank you for what you're doing and happy Christmas. Thank, thank you, so, you much. so much. Thank Cheers. you so much. Thank you. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96 on Quartz 96 FM. Uh, hi PJ, my name is Chloe. I'm wondering if you would mention this on your show, please. I have a pop-up shop in Carrigaline. We'll do a coffee morning tomorrow from 11 to half 12 to raise funds for a good friend of mine, Lenore Good. I'm sure I know. Well, I do, of course, Lenore Good from Out in the Sticks with Six. Whatever's raised, I'll personally match this myself and donate it to Street Cafe for Cork's Homeless. My shop is Craft Aroma, located across the road from Hassett's in Carrigaline. Happy to. Happy to help you with that, Chloe. Also, the flag is flying at half-mast at City Hall today as a mark of respect to uh, Private Sean Rooney, who lost his life in that incident in Lebanon, and to Trooper Shane Carney from Killa, who is critically ill. Uh, he's stable now, but still critically ill. And City Hall are making a big deal, says Tom, about flying the tricolour at half-mast. They should actually run it at half-mast until the funeral is over, not just for the day. That is protocol, so they should wait until Private Sean Rooney has been laid to rest, according to Tom. We'll see what they do that. Maybe they will. You wouldn't know. 0818 96 96 96. Yeah, on the Prez boy, the first Prez boy... I bet you there's a load of people queue up to say, I was the first Prez boy. Actually, the first Prez boy was fairly well known, Joe Noonan, the solicitor. Uh, He was the first uh, share boy to be officially out as a collector. Thank you for that bit of information, wherever it came from. Yeah, Share stands for Students Harnessing Aid for Relief of the Elderly. The crib officially lit up on... December 14th. Cheers again and best of luck to everybody involved in the share collection. Right, these two are back with three more episodes. I haven't seen them yet, so I saw the last three and I kind of thought, oh my God, there is nothing really much in there we didn't already know. We were wondering would there be a big drop of some sensational bombshells in this second set? There's a kind of a division out there. There's people who look at it and they dislike the royal family, which means that they support 
Harry and Meghan sort of unquestioningly. And there are others then who like the royal family and think that Harry and Meghan should just cop on and, and shut up. Most people are somewhere in between. But certainly, Shirley Donovan, in the first three episodes, didn't see anything we hadn't already heard. What about the second three? Morning. Morning, PJ. Yeah, so I think the first three, as we discussed last week, were a little bit critical of the media and kind of laying laying responsibility at their feet. These next three episodes that were released yesterday are certainly more critical of the palace. There's no doubt about that. Mm. Um, It's kind of, they're a bit more gritty. But again, I don't think there's anything particularly new in terms of bombshells. We've learned a little bit more of the detail behind some of the bombshells that we already knew about, but we haven't learned any new big information. Yeah. Being critical of the family, but I, I think Megan has kind words for now King Charles in particular, and indeed to both the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh. Yeah, I mean, she did mention um, that obviously her relationship with her father broke down and therefore he was not attending the wedding. So as her new father-in-law, she had asked Charles to walk her down the aisle and he obliged and she did say how much that meant to her. She spoke about her relationship with the Queen and how, um, you know, they got along very well together and the Queen and Duke of Edinburgh were nothing but kind to her and not that, you know, she really didn't have a bad word Mm. to say about them. But we come back and back to this notion of the firm, as they called it in the Oprah interview, and the newly rebranded institution that they're referring to in the Netflix series. And that's where they're kind of, that's where they're going with it. Yeah, so it's like the individuals themselves, Charles, the Queen, the Duke, they sit, they were, they, they're nice and they were nice enough to, to, to Meghan, but the institution itself, the, the, the firm, the palace, they're quite critical of that, of that as an operation. They are, and they're critical in particular of the communications teams that operate within the palace. Um, so obviously they felt, you heard it there in the audio that you played, that she was being fed to the wolves. So there's this notion of press offices in the palace working almost against each other. So to protect my my royal, I'm going to give you a tidbit of a story on this royal. So go to that press office and, you know, I'll kind of curry favour with the press by giving you a giving you a. Uh, kind of hint of somebody somebody else as long as you stay away from my person and that she was going to be the main currency in this kind of a, a situation, yeah. you know? Yeah, she became like the the, 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 did the, the... Did the race issue come up? We were waiting for race bombshells. Have it, has it come up? Yes, it's come up and it hasn't come up, as we said again, we were saying last week, oh, maybe it'll, they'll dive into it. I wouldn't say they, they went into it head first. They, it, it has been addressed and they maintain that, you know, um, she was made a scapegoat because of her race. Um, and look, whether you whether you believe that or you don't, she was treated horribly by the media. But I think it would be very naive if you were to look upon the royal family and their media um, across the last number of decades to say that any of them have been given a fair run, run of things. I mean, mm. if you look at the Charles, um, the Camilla tapes that were released and what, you know, the humiliation that he went through at that mm. time, the, the Diana situation, the Sarah Ferguson, the Prince Andrew situations. There have been numerous scandals and they do approach it with this don't complain, don't explain. And that's never going to change. So you kind of look at her being made a scapegoat. It's not fair. 
Of yeah. course it's not. You can't, you can't, you know, you can't say she's fair game because she's not really. Mm. But at the same time, I don't know what she expected. I don't know what she expected to happen. Yeah. Do you and I don't know accept, Shirley, we were kind of led to believe through Oprah and through other things that, like, do you, do you accept that she had no notion of who the royal family were and how, or how they operated? I don't accept that for a second. There isn't anybody, no matter what generation, in the last probably 60 years who did, did not know the inner workings of the royal family. You think back to a time in the 90s where we didn't have free access to internet and internet was in its infancy and the currency and the royal kind of missile was Hello Magazine and every weekend on a newsstand it would be a royal family 10-page spread and yes. that was devoured. You know, so to say, and as an American, yes, I know in America they didn't have probably the same access to the news stories about the royal family but where Meghan was touted as the rock star of the royal family for this generation mm. that would have been Diana back in the 80s yeah They're, they make a, a, so a direct comparison don't they and they make a direct parallel between herself and and Diana absolutely and that is kind of the nature of all of this so where the first three episodes were very much um the kind of you know this is our you know love letter to ourselves the second half of this while leveling a lot of criticism at the palace it's a very well crafted attempt to kind of draw close parallels between Megan and Diana but also to kind of repair the image of Megan because I don't think that Harry comes under the same scrutiny he doesn't mm. and I think they're trying to repair her reputation and kind of Almost, it's like, you know, it's like a PR. It's a very well-oiled PR stunt mm. and a brand-building exercise. Yeah, the, as I said, I haven't seen the second three, but my daughter has, and I was asking her about them, and she said, well, one thing is for sure, Harry and William, for two brothers, there seems to be no love lost, Shirley. No, and although these three episodes are all about creating good PR for Megan the collateral damage that we will see from this and that you can see in these three episodes is the further breakdown and the distance between William and Harry, which is very sad to see. And Harry does speak in the last episode about how he misses um, he misses England, he misses um, his family, he misses family gatherings, and he, that he's kind of had to come to the conclusion that that's no longer going to be a part of his life. Mm. You, could, you could argue, well, Harry, you had the choice. You know, you did have the choice and you choose to go, you know, and Megan didn't want to stay. So you you choose to go and pull away. And that's the discussion that people have. I was reading in the tabloids over the last 24 hours, Shirley, that they may now not be invited to the coronation. Do you think, and just an opinion here, do you think that the palace would do that, not invite them to the coronation? No, I don't. I think they will be invited. And look, I think they should be invited because mm. I think every opportunity should be availed of to repair any damage that's been done. And I think by not inviting them, it is like I do find this whole six episodes, I find it a little bit childish, a little bit indulgent. Mm. And I wonder, had they not been paid 90 million by Netflix, <laughs> would they have told this story for free? Yeah, there's something else, else as well that occurred to me, and it, it sounds cruel. But for someone who was a successful actor, had a career in her own right, 
and who surely understood how the media work to be full of shock and horror at the media. I, I'm not buying a whole pile of that. I also am not buying that someone who's done two tours of Afghanistan comes under such easy pressure. I think there's an awful lot of, you know, they are very aware that all of the claims they make, whether they're true or untrue, I mean, you and I can't speak to what's no. true and what's not true. We don't have first, so we're outsiders looking in. And the palace but won't come them, out and sue. Exactly. So them claiming that the media are out to destroy her and that the palace were leaking stories and that William said this and this person said that, they're very highly aware that nobody is going to come out from the palace and refute these claims. Mm. So it is very much, like Harry said it himself, it is a dirty game. This whole thing is a dirty, dirty game. And at this point, you know, they're saying that they became more popular than William and Kate when they were on their tour of Australia. That's when the tide turned and the palace decided we can't have this. But at the same time, you know, at that time, they were only working royals for 17 months, which is a very short did period you, of time. Within within that period, they there, were, there was the engagement, there was a royal wedding, then there was her pregnancy. So they, of course, naturally, the media interest was very focused on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as time would move on and as these big events would be in the past and th- as they move forward, they would naturally have taken a backseat role to William and Kate, that would be the natural order of things. So for them to say, you know, we had to go because we were way too popular. They were having their moment, of course they were, and everybody was interested and everybody was very positive. You just, you just but, came in the door, you're the fresh flavour in the room. It'll die off, you know? Yeah. Exactly, and they could have settled into a much more normal life. But you see, I think, you know, we you'll see it now when you watch uh, towards the end of the final episode, it becomes almost like a Hallmark movie. Uh-huh. You know, these, these montages of them playing on the grass. And look, great, this is the life you wanted, the normal life you wanted. You have everything that you wanted, but they seem to want to dwell in this um, previous life for they need to leave they're leaving a footprint there that they just cannot step fully into the new life and they're entitled to speak out and they're entitled to call out the injustices they may mm. have experienced but once you've done that what's your expectation what what do they want from this yeah. a comment I heard by by um, on, on a British program actually last night was that they haven't said anything pointed about someone who might sue, that the most pointed comments of all are against people they know won't sue them. Would you go along with that? 100%. Yeah, I mean, it's always um, they. Nobody is ever referred to as, you know, William's press secretary or Kate's personal assistant or my grandmother's, you know, nobody is ever specifically referred to. And and I've seen that online as well. Yeah, yeah. No, no. And I mean, look, I think by mentioning a specific journalist, you know, you're only igniting and fanning the flame even further. But everything, look, it's relentlessly one sided. Of course, it's going to be. They are being paid by this massive media company to put across their point of view, which will remain undisputed. The only people that are going to dispute this are the media and the the court of public opinion. Yeah. His book, of course, Uh, then is out in January. His book comes out in January. Then there is another book due out, I think, in August of next year. So again, without, 
you know, we've drawn a line under this now. Do they draw a line in the sand and go, we're done with the documentary. We've told our side of the story. Let's now move forward and let our good deeds and our philanthropy speak for themselves. And do they stay back and have this life that they've always wanted? Or are they going to perpetuate this kind of celebrity now that they have acquired and they now need to maintain? Because if that's what they want to do and they no longer have the royal storyline to go along with it, are they just a new reality TV couple? Are and, they just a new pair of celebrities? And as you said yourself, the, the chances of them not being invited to the coronation are slim. They'll be invited to the coronation. Whether they decide to go, it's a story itself. If they decide not to go, it's a story. If they decide to go, it's a story. When they turn up, it's a story. Their lives now, now when they wanted peace and quiet, their entire life is a story. But they have, they now have more media scrutiny on them than any other member of the royal family, which, which, you know, there's a lot going on there. They could, there could be a lot more media scrutiny. You log on to any tabloid website today, they are front page news. And in some tabloid websites, there are 15 and 20 articles about them before you get to any other celebrity on the planet, never mind another member of the royal family. Yeah. Shona has a, a view on this. I'll put it to you before I let you go, Shirley. Hi, PJ. She's acting. She's constantly manipulating the Diana card and Harry falls for it. She bullied staff. That's been documented. She's a fake. She wants to be in Catherine's role, when she, Kate I presume which when she'll never actually be that high up. She was obsessed with Diana since she was young. At 15 there's a photo of her outside Buckingham Palace. What you think? Yeah. I, there are, yeah, I mean look, there are loads of there are loads of people who would have been obsessed with the royal family and obsessed with Diana and there's nothing wrong with that. No. There's nothing wrong with but being a fan of the royal family. There's nothing wrong with... Claim you know nothing about them, you see. Exactly. This is where the problem is. And this is where this is where the problem lies throughout all of this. She could be, you know, last night she was portrayed in, you know, all of the amazing charity work she does. You can't take away from that. She's she's not a nasty person. No. No. But the problem is that when you have somebody who you perceive to be acting and there are times there are some times where you see you can see genuine emotion. There are other times where you're, you're, you are thinking, you're questioning the sincerity of it. And you're questioning, like he's very earnest in everything he says, but she's very measured and scripted and comfortable, you know, in delivering. She gets her point across every single time. She, yeah. hits, she hits the mark. She understands how to hit the, the camera in, in the suite. She knows the game. She knows the game and she knows when she's being filmed, when to play it up and when not to. And look, that's coming across to some people as not being a likeable characteristic. And I'm glad you used that word, Shirley, finally, because I remember saying when they first, you know, they came out as a couple, as it were, and here's my girlfriend and she said, oh, look at her, there's your one off the telly. There was something I thought very likeable about her and very likeable about their relationship. That's still there. You just wonder where it's gone. You can see it. You can see it. You can see the the likability, you know, factor. You can see the connection between the two of them. There's no denying that. Um, I just think that you referred to it there earlier when you said about, you know, his, his sensitive spot is his mother and the nature of her death. And that's his trigger point. And I think she knows very well how to pull him back yeah. 
in yeah. and bring herself into that narrative every time. And that's a vulnerability that he has that she's very aware of. Yeah, and some would exp- accuse her of, of exploiting it, but people can make up their own mind on that. Shirley, thank you. Shirley Donovan has been watching episodes four, five and six of Harry and Meghan for us on Netflix. They're uh, streaming now. Make up your own mind. Just thinking, if anything ever happened to Meghan, then Harry would have no one left, says uh, Michelle. Someone else, John, I think, was on another programme during the week saying you shouldn't be watching this and then consider yourself to be an Irishman. I mean, come on. It's soap opera for the masses. And it's on Netflix and it is brilliantly made, like everything they do. It's really well made, really well put together, really well produced, really highly produced. So make of it what you think. A very special dog called Fred is missing. We don't normally do missing dog stories on the programme, but for some reason this guy has grabbed the internet and taken it by storm. Huge online efforts underway to find Fred, who is missing from the passage area. Bear O'Brien, good morning. He's missing now a long time. Morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Thanks so much. Can I just say firstly, thanks so much for having me on this morning. You've no idea what it means to us as a family to get out to the public that aren't on social media yeah. that might be listening to your show. So just thanks again before we begin. More, more so than yeah, welcome. I'll tell you the story. Um, Fred, he went missing on the evening of the 28th of November, around 8pm oh. in, in a state local to us. Right. So he didn't go missing far from home but unfortunately when he got off the lead he didn't come home Mm. he's missing a while then he is we're gone into over two weeks now so we're worried we're worried about weather is not on our side and he's a small dog although he's six he's Mm. very puppy like so he hasn't got much stature in him or much kind of fur to keep him warm you know for for people who haven't seen the pictures on social media describe him what 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 breed is he he's half he's actually half a jack russell and you'd see that in his face but the other half of him is a maltese so he's a mix of both so he's oh i suppose he's what color is he he's predominantly white and black but there's brown on the face so the brown feature kind of changes him up a bit yeah, yeah, and he has those eyes yeah. that catch you. They they look at you. Oh, they do, they do. And he's like he's a lovable dog. And when he looks at you, he's looking for love all the time. Yeah. Do you know, he's part of our family. He's definitely the baby of the house. You know, and is he, is he people friendly, Barry? Do you think he might have wandered in somewhere? I I wouldn't say initially he'd be people friendly. He has a bit of a temperament. But I'd say at this stage, I'm hoping he is people friendly and somebody has taken him in. That's our hope that he's in, he's safe, he's warm. We're practical people. We know like we know there's a chance that something happened to him on the road. He wouldn't have road since he's not used to being off a lead. So we have a fear that if he was hit by a car, did he pull himself to a ditch? But I can say down this side, we've checked every ditch more yeah. than once. Yeah, yeah. So we're hoping he did wander up to a door and somebody took him in and they don't know we're looking for him. Yeah, they, they, so you, you torture yourself, don't you, with the thoughts of the little devil being out on nights like oh, we've had, you know? Yeah, it's the what ifs and buts, you know, what if this happened? 
like we don't know we're just we're devastated as I said he's a much loved family member mm. he's he's our friend do you yeah. know yeah, you so pictures just, of him with your son and that's a that's yeah. a great relationship you can tell by the look of them that's a super relationship they have yeah you've seen that picture have uh, you yeah. Louis my Louis and Fred they're inseparable yeah. like he's always been although he's a family dog he's always been Louis's uh, dog yeah. There's, a, there's always one so, in the house that the, that they bond yeah. with. So you put up some pictures on Facebook and some sh- you're you're they've gotten massive shares. You've been shared hundreds and hundreds of times. We're I, we're actually we're over ten thousand shares at the moment. Yeah, I put up a post. I wouldn't be great on Facebook. Usually, Facebook to me is just a little bit personal. My kids row. I put up a lot about their rowing. Yeah. But when I put up about Fred, I put it on public, and I didn't realise the momentum it would gather, and people have been sharing it numerous times. Now we did do daily posts every day for about the first ten days he went missing, just to keep him high profile. Yeah. And hopefully somebody would see him, and if he was in somebody's house, a neighbour would see him and spot him and yeah. say that's actually somebody's dog and trying to get him home but the the community I won't even say the dog loving community just the community in Cork in general it's after being shared and shared and shared we're absolutely delighted it's getting out there yeah. we've received numerous kind of leads is this your dog and we've looked into every single one of them and all the dog charities in Cork and further afield they're just being fantastic to us keeping us in the loop like if people tag us is this your dog the charity is nearly on to us straight away knowing it's not your dog you know don't get your hopes up yeah I'm looking at one of your pictures I'm looking at one of your pictures of him here the picture I have him here now in his little jacket sitting on the mat and he already got that jacket the week before he went missing that was we put it on to see did it fit took the picture loved it and little did we know it was the last picture we took of him is that the one you're using to search the the charities asked us to send pictures without the jacket to get the full colour of Fred and size kind of Hmm. so there's been numerous pictures put up now will he respond to his name if someone was to spot him I'd say yes and no (laughs) he's one of them when we got Fred, Fred was always a bit nuts. It's the only way to describe him. He was a very hard dog to train. And although we could never train him off the lead, and it's why we didn't leave him off the lead, he was always a flight risk and a bolter, you could call him. Yeah. So our last resort for Fred is we got a behavioralist into him and he made him a good dog. But again, not a dog you would put off the lead. He was a good dog around home. He was a good dog with other dogs. Uh, was he a rescue? He wasn't. No, he wasn't a rescue. I actually got him from a friend in work. That okay. her little Maltese was the only way you could put it was taken by the Jack Russell next door and Fred was a project of those two dogs. So it happens. It I got him from work. Oh, he's, he's, so, although he's not worth much to anybody, he's worth everything to us. We would do anything to get him home. Uh, listen, anything. I, I have two. Uh, if anything or anyone laid a finger on him or anything, I, I, I'd do time. I, so I know how oh. you feel I know how you feel I hear you as I say look he is we're a family of four with Fred we're a family of five he's always been part of our family for the last six years we miss him we want him home we'll keep searching we won't stop searching like mm. you have to have hope and especially this time of year yeah hope is what keeps us going yeah. you, you work out in Mary Mount yourself don't you Bear? 
I do. I do. I work out there the last, I'd say I'm going into 15 years, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I work out there. Yeah. So I know what it is for, I suppose, I know what it is. I've experienced a lot of loss for people out there. Yeah. But I never thought we would feel this loss over a pet. Yeah. I thought you could only feel it for humans. Fred is our first real pet. We've had goldfish that kind of come and go. Yeah. But he's our first real pet and we just want him home. And like if we did get him home for Christmas, what a Christmas miracle that yeah. would be. We'd be absolutely thrilled. You, you had a reward in place. Is that still up? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just for his safe return. And if he just turns up, we'll definitely donate that money to all the charities that have helped us out. So that money will be used one way or the other. Okay, so a little, a, little, a little Maltese Jack Russell cross missing from passage yeah. areas since the 28th of November. And yeah. he's chipped, is he? He is. Okay. He's chipped, yeah. All right, so if he's wandered so, into your house, does he have a collar? He had a blue collar on when he went missing. Right. Yeah. If he's wandered into your house and you've given him a boy to eat and he's settling down, maybe get that chip checked because there's a family who would love to have him back for Christmas. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's our it's our wish for Christmas. Christmas is kind of on hold in this house this year. Yeah. And if we get Fred back, our Christmas is made. Definitely. And my fingers are crossed for you and I know that my two lads at home will cross their paws for you. Here's hoping. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks so much, PJ. We really appreciate it. This is what we wanted. We want to reach the non-social media community and hopefully somebody's listening this morning and they're hearing. And with the help of God, we'll get them home. All right. Bear, thank you. And thank you too. Yeah, Bear. Yeah, it sounds like, look, you might say, oh, it's only a dog. Uh, no. Uh, I know how they feel. I really do know how they feel. So hopefully we can, we can, um, we can track him down. I helped track him down. It was shared 10,000 times on Facebook. So <laughs> half the world has seen Fred at this stage. He's got a lot of fans. He's a gorgeous little fella. Let's hope he's found safe for Christmas. Now, the Rotary Tree of Remembrance, as you walk up Patrick Street on the Cassius side, or the Brown Thomas side as it is now, there's this gorgeous, huge Christmas tree festooned with yellow ribbons. It's the Rotary Tree of Remembrance, and it's in his 20th year. Tom Woodward. Good morning, PJ. It's, I was walking up this morning, I came in early on the bus, and it's already weighed down with ribbons, but you'll be there for a few days more. We're here until Christmas Eve. It's been a fantastic week. We had the opening last weekend, and the Hall Martin and the Lord Mayor put up ribbons. It's, and the response from the people of Cork, as with every year for the past 20 years, has been absolutely magnificent. Hard to believe it's 20 years already. Tell us about the history and how someone can take part in this wonderful, wonderful project. Well, we started 20 years ago, which is amazing. It's become part of Cork Christmas, the Christmas landscape. Uh, people are invited to come along, write their ribbons of remembrance, remembering loved ones at Christmas. It's very simple. We put the ribbons up on the tree, and as Christmas gets closer, it gets gets yellower and yellower. Mm. Um, while there is no charge, if people wish to make a donation, we're delighted to take it. And this year's charities are Marymount Hospice, Vincent de Paul, Ark Cancer Support House, and the Cork Samaritans. Fine, fine, fine charities, each and every one of them. And if you walk just a little bit further up the street into the old Debenhams, the, the work of Rotary is, is, is festooned in those windows. It is. We took over the windows and put up our, 
our story yeah. to help with membership. If people want to go up and have a look and maybe if they're interested in mem- becoming a member of Rotary, they can give us a call. Excellent. Um, Excellent. And also we've developed an app for the Remembrance Tree. If people can't make it into town okay. or if they're abroad, they can look up the Rotary Tree Remembrance app. Oh, that's brilliant, Tom. That's big. No, it looks, as I said, it was one, I got the bus in this morning and as I walked past it, I said, that's already very, very heavily festooned and there's a week, right up until Christmas Eve. Up until Christmas Eve, about five o'clock on Christmas Eve. All Come right. over and say hello. All right, all right. Listen, have a have a, a, a good uh, last week, Tom. Thank you very much. Tom Woodward of the Rotary Club. Rotary Tree of Remem- Remembrance is in Patrick Street right now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.